MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, July 28th, 2023. Today, Special Counsel Jack Smith has issued a superseding indictment for a conspiracy to delete security footage in the Mar-a-Lago documents case. And he has added an espionage count for another classified document, the Iran document Trump waved around at Bedminster. There was no indictment returned in D.C. for the coup on Thursday that we know of. Trump's attorneys met with the Department of Justice and Jack Smith in D.C. to argue against one such indictment. A Michigan woman has been indicted by Dana Nessel for illegally accessing voting machines in that state. Former Republican Michigan gubernatorial candidate Ryan Kelly has pled guilty for his role in January 6th in the attack on the Capitol. Bannon's co-conspirator in the We Build the Wall scheme has been sentenced to over five years in prison. And Bidenomics is booming. I'm your host, Allison Gill. Hello, hello. It is I solo today. Dana's out. She'll be back Monday. If it's a little loud in here, it's because I'm in a kind of I'm in Brooklyn, right? It's a it's a not my studio. So if it's a little echoey or you hear some sirens, I do apologize. I'll be back in my home studio on Monday when Dana returns. This was a huge day for justice and accountability. It's almost hard to keep up with everything that happened today. First, we get a superseding indictment at the end of the day. Right at the end of the day, we're all all eyes are on DC and the Prettyman Courthouse. We're all looking there and we get indictments in Michigan and Miami instead. So this superseding indictment, not only did Jack Smith add a classified document bringing the espionage crimes from 31 to 32 counts against Trump, but Trump's also been indicted for a conspiracy to delete surveillance footage along with Walt Nada and a new defendant who's been added to this indictment, Carlos De La Viera. De La Viera, if you remember correctly, was the pool guy. He was also the second employee, also represented by Stanley Woodward, who's being paid for by the Save America PAC. He is the guy who drained the Mar-a-Lago pool. He helped Walt Nauta move boxes around. He, he drained the pool into the server room where the surveillance footage is stored. That's this guy. And he's also been charged as part of this conspiracy uh, to obstruct justice. He also has an additional count for himself of lying to the FBI about moving boxes with Walt Nauta. And we'll discuss the implications and the charges on this weekend's Jack podcast, along with the fact that Trump's lawyers met with Jack Smith today in D.C. While this was going on down in Miami, they had that meeting to, to ask for one last-ditch appeal to ask the special counsel not to indict their client, Donald Trump. Now, this is one of the signs, right? These are the signs that somebody's about to be indicted, like soon, like imminently. I don't mean Fonnie Willis imminently. I mean imminently, imminently. And, you know, first of all is the target letter. We, he got that, right? We already talked about the target letter that he got. Second thing, the lawyer set up a meeting with the Department of Justice to make that last-ditch appeal. Please don't indict our client. Here's why you shouldn't. And apparently during this meeting today, 
Trump's lawyers said, you know, you'll just you'll throw the country into an uproar. It'll be chaos, anarchy, cats and dogs living together. Uh, and uh, also tried to argue that he didn't break any rules or laws, which is just uh, that's a little bit ridiculous of an argument. But anyway, they make the argument. Next, the next hint is that you will hear probably somebody saying that they voted on a true bill or not. And we, we didn't get that today. At least that was what the news was. Josh Gerstein from Politico reported on Twitter. He was like, hey, a clerk of the court just came out and said no indictment today. But then the grand jury went in and they were still meeting for like at least an hour or two after that. And then they left at five. So, but we haven't heard any news about a true bill being voted on so far. Uh, we don't know if one was voted on and maybe filed under seal. Or if they're going to wait till the grand jury meets again, they're scheduled to meet again on Tuesday of next week. But you can also bring the grand jury in when they don't meet, like on Friday today. And we'll know. There are plenty of people camped out at the Prettyman Courthouse. We will know what's going on down there. The next step that you would hear is Trump going on Truth Social, saying, can you believe it? They've indicted me. I'm doing this for you. Uh, election interference, prosecutorial misconduct, miscarriage of justice, witch hunt, bap, 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 all the same shit, right? That same message he keeps hammering home so that his core base will believe it to be true, uh, that this is somehow just President Biden interfering in the election. Uh, And as I've said, this investigation started before he announced his candidacy. So technically, him running for president is interfering with the investigation. I think it's the other way around. I really hope they argue that in court, but I doubt they will. So that's what's going on there. And again, no indictment that we know of. Then the final sign will be after Trump goes on Truth Social and yells about it, which I'm sure he will. He did for the documents case. He did for the Manhattan DA's case. Then the final nail in the coffin is when you see a press conference announcement for Jack Smith and the Department of Justice. And that usually happens. Well, it happened the same day last time. I can't say usually. It, for the documents case, it happened that morning and they announced it later in the day and then they unsealed the indictment. So we'll see how this all goes down. Uh, But as of now, Thursday night, while recording this episode, we don't have any news from an indictment in D.C., but we do have that superseding indictment down in Miami. We're going to go over that in depth on Jack. And I encourage you to listen to this episode because we're going to have Brian Greer back on. He's going to talk about how this could impact the SEPA stuff. Could this push the trial date back further from May 24th, where it's scheduled now, by adding a defendant and adding charges? And it's also of note that with that count 32 under the Espionage Act, that document is the war, the Iran war document, the Millie document that he waved around at Bedminster. That means Jack Smith has that document now. So that's fascinating. I don't know if he didn't have it before. I'm assuming he didn't or it would have been included. But I think they've got it, which means they must have gotten some additional testimony. Right. And it sounds like they flipped the IT guy. The IT guy is the one that Carlos de la Vera called up and asked where the servers were kept, where the surveillance footage was kept, uh, how long they were stored for. And we're going to go over exactly what happened. That attempt, it was just an attempt to delete that security footage and that Trump directed them to do it. And the attempt itself is a crime, but there's nothing in here about what they actually did to delete the security footage, whether they were successful in deleting the security footage, whether it has to do with him flooding the server room where the surveillance footage was kept, or if they don't have enough evidence to charge that and they're just doing the the attempt here, because the attempt is also a crime. Obstruction of justice carries a 20-year max sentence too. All right, that is 
everything that you're going to hear on the Jack podcast this weekend. You don't want to miss this episode. And again, like I said, Dana will be back with me Monday on The Beans to discuss what's going on in D.C. at the Prettyman Courthouse or maybe what goes on tomorrow in D.C. at the Prettyman Courthouse. All right. With that being said, we have a lot of news to get to. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. First up from a publication called Bridge, Michigan, a key suspect in an alleged plot to illegally access Michigan voting machines following the 2020 election says she has been indicted in the long running probe and expects to be arraigned next week. Quote, my attorney has been informed I've been indicted by D.J. Hilson, the special prosecutor in Michigan, working at the request of Attorney General Dana Nessel. That is Stephanie Lambert said Wednesday on on a conservative podcast where she bashed the pending criminal action. Did you all know D.J. Hilson is a special counsel, special prosecutor in Michigan investigating the interference in the 2020 election? I think we're going to hear a lot more of that name, D.J. Hilson. Quote, I'm not losing any sleep over this, she said. A Metro Detroit attorney who has worked for 2020 election deniers across the country. I know that I've done absolutely nothing illegal. My clients have not done anything illegal. Yes, you did. Bridge, Michigan could not independently verify her assertions, though. Lambert is one of nine suspects Nestle referred the special prosecutor last fall, citing an alleged tabulator tampering plot that aimed to prove the former guy and his unfounded claims that the 2020 contest was rigged. Court records show Hilson convened a secret grand jury to review the evidence. It is a grand jury that would decide any indictments. In a Thursday morning email, Hilson said he could neither confirm nor deny the existence of a grand jury or any indictments because of state law prohibiting disclosure in such cases until defendants are in custody. Quote, regardless of what any person may say, I'm still bound by law and I intend to follow it. That's what Hilson told the bridge. Other suspects in the case include former state rep Dare Rendon of Lake City, Barry County Sheriff Dar Leaf, officials with the Cyber Ninjas security firm, who are also in, under investigation in Arizona, and former Republican Attorney General candidate Matt DePerno, who did not return a voicemail seeking comment. In last year's request for a special prosecutor, the Attorney General's office alleged Lambert and others, quote, orchestrated a coordinated plan to gain access to voting machines in multiple jurisdictions following the 2020 presidential election. The suspects allegedly took five ballot tabulators from Barrie, Roscommon, and Masaki counties to Oakland County. They brought them there. And once there, Michigan State Police contend the machines were broken into for tests. Okay, and this was all kind of led by the cyber ninjas and that whole group of lawyers. And they did this in multiple states, including Arizona and Michigan. So and uh, uh, another kind of peripheral group working with Sidney Powell did this in Coffee County, Georgia as well. An Oakland County Circuit Court judge this month paved the way for a charging decision in the tabulator tampering case by granting Hilson's request for a legal interpretation of a law banning undue possession of voting equipment. That's the law. Judge Phyllis McMillan ruled that the Michigan law only allows access to voting machines with authorization of the Secretary of State or a court order, rejecting Lambert's arguments that a local election clerk could provide access. This is also what happened with, I believe, Tina Peters in Colorado Springs, Mesa County. Now, the court records indicate Hilson had sought the judicial interpretation before providing final instructions to the grand jury. Quote, the police investigation is now sufficiently complete and charging decision is ready to be made by the charging entity. That's what Hilson wrote in a May 9th filing. Lambert, who did not respond to requests for comment, is also mired in other legal battles. A cybersecurity expert sued her last week in Detroit in federal court, alleging she refused to pay him 
and was furious after he reviewed Pennsylvania election data for her, but found no evidence of fraud. So she paid somebody to look for fraud, a cyber expert. He found none in Pennsylvania and now is suing her because she's not paying. I'm wondering if we're going to see a lawsuit from one of the two research firms hired by Donald Trump to look for voter fraud. Both came back with no voter fraud. And I'm wondering if he paid those bills. It's fascinating. Now, in the tabulator tampering case up in Michigan, Lambert is now asking the Court of Appeals to overturn the Oakland Circuit Court interpretation of the state law, arguing that she and other suspects had probed voting machines at the behest of county clerks and county sheriffs. Hilson responded on Tuesday, asking the court to reject Lambert's appeal, because among other things, it was incomprehensible, (laughs) and the Oakland County case is already closed. Nope. In her Wednesday podcast appearance, Lambert lambasted Hilson for using the grand jury to issue indictments instead of making a charging decision by himself. What? What? She doesn't want, hmm? A grand jury to return indictments? She wants just the prosecutor to do that? Okay. She reiterated a previous threat to sue him for that. That's hilarious. Quote, He thought that he could get the grand jury to do his dirty work for him and insulate himself from the lawsuit, but that's false. He misrepresented the law to them. I'm totally going to sue him for doing this. Wow. A prosecutor got the grand jury to do his dirty work. That's fascinating. That is just fucking fascinating. Also in Michigan, from NBC News, this is Ryan Riley, former Michigan Republican gubernatorial candidate, Ryan Kelly pled guilty to a federal crime on Thursday in connection with the attack on the U.S. Capitol. Kelly pled guilty to a misdemeanor count of entering and remaining on restricted grounds, admitting that he rushed past U.S. Capitol police officers and started climbing the Northwest scaffolding and then climbed onto an architectural feature to the Northwest stairs and began gesturing to the crowd below, waving his hand toward the stairs leading up to the Capitol building. He also, quote, used his hand to support another rioter who was pulling a metal bike rack onto the scaffolding. That's according to a plea agreement document. Now, Kelly ran for governor in Michigan in 2022 as a Republican. He was arrested last June before the Republican primary and was, for a time, leading in the polls. Kelly ultimately lost the primary to Republican Tudor Dixon, Tuxer Duden. I almost called her Tuxer Duden. And I think I might do that from now on. Who lost the general election to, uh, obviously, as we know, Gretchen Whitmer. Now, Judge Christopher Cooper accepted Kelly's plea deal and set his sentencing for October 17th at 2 p.m. That's the same day, by the way, that the bullhorn lady gets sentenced. Now, next up from Jamil Lynch at CNN, a third associate of Steve Bannon was sentenced to 63 months in prison, federal prison, for the We Build the Wall online fundraising fraud scheme. It's according to a news release from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Southern District of New York. Timothy Shea was his name. He was convicted of conspiracy to commit wire fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, and obstruction of justice. Shea was sentenced for his role in carrying out a scheme to defraud hundreds of thousands of donors in connection with an online crowdfunding campaign known as We Build the Wall by soliciting donations using false statements and then stealing the resulting donations, as well as laundering the proceeds of the fraud scheme and attempting to obstruct the federal criminal investigation of the scheme. That's from the press release of the DOJ. Now, CNN reached out to Shea's attorney for comment. Quote, Timothy Shea abused the trust of donors to we build the wall, stole hundreds of thousands of dollars in donations to line his own pockets and attempted to obstruct the federal investigation of his criminal conduct. That's U.S. Attorney Damian Williams in the press release. 
In addition to prison time, he has to forfeit $1.8 million and pay restitution for that same amount. He was also given three years of supervised release after. Two other associates of Bannon, Brian Colfage and Andrew Botolato, were sentenced earlier this year after pleading guilty for their part in the scheme. Colfage and Botolato were indicted alongside Bannon, each pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Colfage also pled guilty to two counts of filing false tax returns and one count of wire fraud in connection with filing the false tax return. Bannon, who pled not guilty to the federal charges, has denied any wrongdoing and he was pardoned by Trump in his final days in office. But Bannon still faces charges in New York state court for the same crime, same set of crimes, many crimes. And his trial is scheduled for May 2024, the same month as the Mar-a-Lago documents federal trial is scheduled to take place. Lots of justice today. I think you're going to get, remember how we were tired? We got overwhelmed with the fire hose of shit. Well, it's time for the fire hose of justice. I think you might get tired of it. There's going to be so much of it. I'm here for it. I'm here to bring it to you. We've been waiting a long time for this. I'm glad we're here together to talk about it. We'll be right back with the good news. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. You want to hear my secret for staying productive throughout the day? You wonder how I get all this done? It's because I get a good night's sleep on my Helix mattress. It's tailored for the way I sleep. It offers a perfect end to every day and the best start to each morning. With Helix, it is sweet dreams all the way. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life, and you'll get 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Finding your perfect mattress is easy. You just take the quick quiz. Helix Sleep will match you to your ideal mattress in under two minutes, then they send your personalized mattress straight to your door, completely free of charge. My perfect match is the Helix Midnight because I'm a side sleeper and I prefer a medium firm bed. It's the best mattress I've ever owned, hands down, head and shoulders above the rest. Like there is no comparison my whole life and I've had a lot of mattresses. My Helix is the best. Helix's extensive lineup includes 20 distinctive mattresses featuring the award-winning Lux Collection, the Fresh Elite Collection, and designed specifically for big and tall sleepers or kids. And each mattress model caters to unique sleep positions and preferences so there's something for everyone. Moreover, Helix knows that testing mattresses means sleeping on it, right in your home. That's why they provide a 100-night trial and a 10- or 15-year warranty. So forget about going to the mattress store. It's creepy anyway. Helix delivers the perfect night's sleep right to your doorstep. It's so easy, and it's so wonderful. And right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER. That's all one word, HELIXPARTNER. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news, everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And as always, if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, pod pet photos you want to send, or an adoptable pet in your area if you don't have a pet, a shout out to a loved one, a small business that you want to support in your area, or you, or that maybe that's not in your area. You just want to give them some support. Uh, let me know what your business is about. I want to know what you're making and creating. If you want to give a, a shout out to a loved one or, you know, a shout out to yourself, brag to me about what you're doing. Uh, I love to hear about that. And it's awesome to do. And it feels good. You can send that in as well. If you want to play what the mutt with me or what the heck wine, I'm doing really good on the horse guessing. 
frog orgies, baby pictures. Dana will be back Monday. Send in your baby pictures by Monday. Anything you want to send, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact. All right. First up, quick clarification from yesterday's pod. We said that RFK Jr. compared Zen Honeycutt to Rachel Carson. We want to make it clear that Zen Honeycutt is the leader of a group that promotes anti-science lies, that GMOs are linked to autism. Rachel Carson was a scientist and a science writer who, among other things, helped spark public interest in preserving the environment and getting the government to better regulate DDT and other pesticides. There is no comparison between the two people. Rachel Carson was a positive influence on the world. Zen Honeycutt is a misinformation peddling fearmonger. Just wanted to make sure that that was crystal clear. There's a link to the piece in New York titled The Right Way to Remember Rachel Carson in the show notes. And if you get to read Silent Spring, I read it in college. It blew my mind. I read that with Desert Notes and River Notes as well, uh, which was uh, uh, one of Uh, Rachel Carson's cohorts that wrote that book. I can't remember his name. It escapes me right now, but I remember both of those two books distinctly uh, reading those in college. Very good, uh, amazing author and amazing uh, scientist and and, uh, protector of the environment. All right, first up from Valerie, pronouns she and her. Hello, Team Beans. Just want to drop a line and say how much I appreciate you and your hard work and also give a shout out to your upcoming guest, Jenna Griswold, Secretary of State for Colorado. That's going to be the August 7th episode, by the way. Amazing, amazing woman. Valerie goes on to say, I lived in the UK since 2007. Been so grateful for the incredible improvements that Ms. Griswold has introduced to the voting from abroad. It used to be an incredible faff with hoping to get the post sent in on time and be counted, but now we can vote by mail and track our vote to ensure it's been counted. I love that she's made it easy to vote and also so secure. So good to see her work getting wider recognition and appreciation, especially with the fuckery with the county clerk's office in Grand County last presidential election. So here's a big thank you to Jenna Griswold for being so responsive to overseas voter feedback and also for her incredible hard work and integrity in the last few years where so much nonsense has been peddled about the security of our voting systems. Picture is of what used to be the view from the porch in my last house in Colorado, a view Ms. Griswold would know too, That's Long's Peaks, also featured on the Colorado Quarter. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that submission. I really can't wait for y'all to hear this interview. She's amazing. Next up from Brandy, pronouns she and her. Shout out, my best friend, Will and I are celebrating 16 years of marriage and 20 years together. He was the first person I ever missed and the first place I felt safe. I didn't know true friendship or true love until I met him, and my life has been abundantly blessed because of his presence. We have been through so much together over the years, college, drum corps, seven moves, babies born on opposite coasts, never near family, multiple jobs, barely getting by, bouts of depression, major losses, and major wins. He proposed after I graduated college and was moving to Georgia to perform with the Winter Guard. A few months later, he was headed for training. I remember him calling me to let me know his schedule for when we would graduate and when he had to report to work. We had one week to work with. So I called him back a couple hours later and told him, we're getting married on a Thursday in Key West on the beach. I'll get you two outfits since I don't know what size you'll be after training. Just be there. I moved my stuff from Georgia and his stuff from Tennessee to a storage unit in San Diego. I met with a stranger whose spouse was also in training and we drove through the night to go get them. On Monday, I watched the graduation. Tuesday, I loaded up the groom, flew to Memphis to pick up wedding luggage. Wednesday, I flew to Key West, left luggage at the airport with family, hopped in a cab, made it to the courthouse five minutes before closing, and got our marriage certificate. 
Thursday, we met on the beach and we were officially married. And Friday, we roamed the island. And with the little money we had, we enjoyed some Guinness, my first. Saturday, we flew to Memphis to trade our luggage. And Sunday, we flew to San Diego and lived in a hotel for two weeks while we found a place to live. The first year, we rarely saw each other because we worked opposite shifts trying to make ends meet. We didn't have furniture, so all meals were picnic style on the carpet. For my birthday, I insisted on a puppy and our forever love, Corazon, came into our lives. That Christmas, we were deciding between getting a couch or a tree. The Christmas tree totally won because duh. I have loved our life together. Our love is unconditional. He is the calm to my storm and knows all my twisted jokes. I'm totally uninterested in doing this life without him. The days would be too dark, so I'm voting for another 80 plus years by his side. He is my favorite human. For pet tax is our precious Corazon. She now resides only in our hearts while we envision her like a little Pegasus Chihuahua flying around in heaven, Maul. Our little darling puppy was the absolute best. She loved singing along with Edith Piaf and James Brown, kissed away all the tears, had a toe fetish, and was an Olympic cuddler. The black and white photo is of her uh, and our eldest, both in time out, because they wouldn't stop yelling at, uh, yelling at each other. And that picture always cracks me up. All the love to this beautiful community. May we all find someone who truly sees us and loves us all the more for it. What a beautiful, beautiful shout out. Thank you so much, Brandy. Look at the dogs. Oh, both in timeout. I see it. <laughs> Adorable. Oh, this honey dog is so sweet. Thank you for sharing that. All right, next up, heavy metal ice cream fans. He, him, and she, her. Tuesday night, we saw a great show by Disturbed. The singer, David Draymond, is the grandson of Holocaust survivors, the son of immigrants from Israel, and a fighter against anti-Semitism. Soon after we got there, he shared how he struggled with the loss of three good friends to depression and addiction, the singers from Lincoln Park, Soundgarden, and the Stone Temple Pilots. He shared that at one point recently, I later learned after the twin hurts of a divorce and cancer having to be surgically removed from his arm, that he wanted to join them. He asked for a show of hands who had struggled through either the twin demons of depression or addiction, and most of the hands in the amphitheater went up. And looking around, the crowd felt less anonymous and more united and shared in vulnerability. It was a surprisingly emotional night, and their heavy metal songs were just as raw and big as imaginable. Also, his pyrotechnician must have had the most fun job of the entire band. That one show must have driven up the prices at the pump a few dollars for all the fuel spectacularly burned. I'm glad we went. It was a great show. But wait, there's more. We have a shout out to a local business about halfway between our place in Oak Cliff, Texas and the venue in Fair Park in Dallas. There's a little 24-hour store called Donato's. The owner of the eponymous store scours the country for oddball cereals and makes the most fantastic milkshakes with them blended in and on top. They're beautifully presented, delicious, and showcase all sorts of cereals not sold in this corner of the country. He's on 8th Street in a sketch neighborhood, and he's making his love of cereals and his neighborhood come together into a joyful little place. Look for the stack of truck tires that are painted into a delicious-looking hamburger. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for that. All right, last up from Linda, pronouns she and her. I want to send a shout-out to my daughter. She is a licensed psychologist in West Lafayette, Indiana, who bravely left her position as a therapist at Purdue University to open her own nonprofit clinic. Modern Mental Health, that's at modernmentalhealth.org, specializes in working with LGBTQ and other marginalized communities. She began NMH with herself and two other therapists. And in just three years, her nonprofit has grown to over 20 psychologists, as well as the supervision of several practicum students each year. Oh my God. Her dog, Pepita, is training to become a therapy dog and often wins employee of the month. 
I'm so proud of her independence, strength, and dedication to helping others. Oh, that's amazing. What a great life. Life well spent. What an amazing daughter you have, Linda. Thanks for all the shout outs today. Shout outs to spouse and, and the self and the show. That's what that's amazing, by the way. And uh, thank you for the clarification uh, of whoever sent that in on Rachel Carson. I'm glad. It's, I'm, I didn't mean to come across ambiguous. I hope we didn't. Anyway, if you have any good news, you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Don't miss Jack on Sunday. Dana will be back with me Monday. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q and bring someone with you. I've been AG and them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>